grief can be not just those distinct moments in our lives, but it's kind of everywhere. I mean, life is so much about transitions. There's so much change happening all the time. We're growing up, we're getting older, the people around us are coming in and out, passing us by. The only thing that's really stationary about all of this is that everything is changing, including ourselves. Hello, and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Dulce Rivera, and in this series, we talk about mental health after hearing an anonymous story from a college student. In today's episode, we will talk about loss and grief. The voice you just heard is of Dr. Grace Yi Ching Hung, who was the former head of counseling and psychological services at my university, Minerva. In this episode, she will share some insight into how we experience loss and why those feelings are even more relevant now within the context of the pandemic. This series spans different facets of mental health, but I want to emphasize that it is not meant to be a substitute for counseling, because I'm just an undergraduate student and definitely not a licensed therapist. If you think you would benefit from talking to a therapist, please don't hesitate to reach out. I've also listed various useful resources at the end of this episode that can provide additional help and support. Trigger warning. The following story contains sensitive information regarding loss, grief, and depression. I'm going to start at the very beginning. I found out that my dad was sick like a week or two after I started at my university, Minerva. It was right away, and I think I was about a month into our first year that his diagnosis was announced. Terminal. Stage 4. Pancreatic. There's no cure. I asked myself, what does that mean? What does that look like? And processing all of that was really hard. Of course, when you're processing everything, and you're thinking about it all so much and like feeling all the range of emotions that come with it, whether it be anger or sadness, you just don't want to focus on schoolwork at all. That was one of the most challenging things. Throughout the rest of the year, I had to figure out how to focus and get the things done that I needed to get done. Because I still wanted to keep up with school. I'd become really close with people already. And I didn't want to take a leave of absence and then have to come back and start all over again. Figuring out that balance of being in the Minerva community, exploring the city, and having fun with spending time with my parents and with my dad was challenging. But I think the most difficult thing was just feeling really alone and isolated. I didn't want to be a burden to other people, and I definitely felt like I was. Like I was too much and I had too much going on for other people to handle. I had a lot of friendships shift that first year, for whatever reason. But you take that kind of to heart when you have all of this stuff going on. You're just like, well, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? My emotions changed a lot as time went on, and I definitely went through different stages and phases of accepting it or not. When I felt angry, I think most of all I thought, of all the people in the world, my dad was the person that did not deserve this. 
he was just... I mean, I don't think anyone could say something bad about him. Besides the typical annoying things, like he would annoy my mom, because that's what husbands and wives do. But people couldn't actually say anything bad about him. I was really angry about that most of all. And then I was partially angry that it was happening to me. Why is everything bad happening to me? These are supposed to be the best times of my life. I'm finally in recovery from my eating disorder. And I'm supposed to be going off and doing fun things, meeting new people, exploring. That was really frustrating. But I experienced more grief in the 9 to 10 months leading up to when he died, more than after he died, just because I knew it was coming. I definitely started feeling that loss before it happened. I cried a lot. And it was hard seeing everyone in my family go through it and seeing their ranges of emotions too. Sometimes I would get frustrated when I felt something and then I would start crying and then my mom was crying and then I felt like I couldn't cry anymore because she was crying now. To cope, I had a lot of distractions. I stayed busy and I opened up to friends when I could or when they would ask. And because that's always been really important for me and just to process things and I definitely needed those friendships. It was a lot easier when my parents moved into the city. So it took 15 to 20 minutes to get there, and then I would spend more time there and take classes with them. My coping mechanism was just making the most of my time, both in San Francisco and in my first year at Minerva, but then also my time with my dad. I said everything that I needed to say since we had the time to do that. I just didn't want to hold back and have any regrets with him. It's been two and a half years now. I'm not in constant hurt or pain. Most of the time I would say it doesn't hurt anymore. And it's not painful. Every now and then something kind of catches me or I just feel sad. I miss him and I want to talk to him. His passing has affected how I want to live my life. Knowing that there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things can happen and kind of have to roll with it and try to have no regrets along the way. I try not to hold back in my relationships, both friendships, family, and romantic relationships. It has been just really important to me to try to be the bolder person. And I realized that in this past year. I feel like there's been a lot of judgment around people or actions, like whether someone wears a mask or not. We just judge people, not to be mean, or that you realize you're judging someone always, but just to assume why they're doing something. So I just find myself taking a step back more, saying, well, you don't know if they have a skin condition that prevents them from wearing a mask, or if they have something going on in their life, or if there's another reason. I try to have empathy for people, and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, because sometimes we don't see things or we don't know what someone is going through. If you are going through a similar situation, perhaps a COVID loss, or whatever it is, if you have the time where you see it coming, definitely take that chance and the opportunity to say those things or to do those things that you don't want to regret. Sometimes you have no idea what's coming. Some things just happen all of a sudden. Shit happens. And life is uncertain in every regard. And so I think it's just a good reminder to say or do those things. Even if it's just saying I love you to someone when they walk out the door. If someone close to you has a terminal illness or is sick, just try being there. 
this is probably just the best, most important thing you could do, because it shows them you care, either helping lift their spirits up or letting them be down and be upset or angry. Just have the space for whatever emotion comes. With my dad, we tried to do a lot of our normal things. I would play a lot of card games, and we'd watch shows together, and he'd give me foot rubs while we watched. Those moments were important to me, because that was the last time I got to do those things with him. So try to enjoy those little moments, even if they seem insignificant. To the individual who decided to share this story, thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. It is so difficult to lose someone you love, especially someone as close as your father. Thank you for sharing parts of your experience and for all your words of wisdom. I hope your story provides comfort to our listeners and helps those who are experiencing loss. If you haven't been directly impacted by the death of a family member or a close friend, it can be hard to realize how many students face grief during college. Before the pandemic began, research estimates showed that between 22% to 30% of college students have lost a family member or close friend. During the period of grieving, a student's GPA is shown to significantly decrease. And to make things more challenging, the pandemic has exacerbated that loss. When I recorded this episode, 2,469,000 people had died from coronavirus. This tremendous loss is palpable across the globe. The pandemic has brought about a sense of collective grief that takes form in many shapes. We may grieve the loss of normalcy, the loss of connections, and the economic toll, just to name a few. But how can we take care of ourselves and our friends while grieving? How do we approach these feelings of loss? And how do we find hope when the circumstances feel so hopeless? To help me answer these questions, I invited Dr. Grace E. Ching Hong to speak with me. Grace, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. I'm E. Ching Grace Hong. I'm a psychologist specializing in Buddhist psychology and uh, multicultural lens. I was a director at Minerva Caps, and now I am starting my own thing, my own project called The Waking Bell, and it's synthesizing Buddhism and psychology and trying to put both together. That's amazing. So excited to have you. So right now, especially given the global circumstances, is a time when a lot of people could be feeling lost to different degrees. You don't necessarily have to lose someone or to have them die to be experiencing that sense of loss and grief among the coronavirus pandemic. But I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about what that looks like right now and what, what the atmosphere surrounding loss and grief is like. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. You really hit it on the nail there. It, oftentimes when we think or talk about grief, it is related to a very distinct event in our lives, and that's the most obvious. We lose somebody or a loved one, a pet, but I think those are probably more rare compared to 
the more common type of grief that we experience, but we don't really name or voice. So with COVID, I think it very much is one of those things that is more intangible. And with grief, it's a loss. It's any type of loss. If you think about our perception of the world and our belief that we're safe somehow, and COVID hitting, and it's all of a sudden realizing, wow, we're really vulnerable. And our, our world, our society is, is very vulnerable. And that sense of loss of safety, psychological or physical or economic, those are all things that we grieve, even if we don't realize that we're doing it. And thinking about, I think for college students, there is also just a very developmental type of grief that maybe students don't realize until, you know, 10 years later or something that, that there's a sense of um, growing up, you know, and then there's something there that you gain for sure. But there's also things that you, you lose. Maybe it's a sense of, wow, the world was so simple. Like life was so simple. Didn't even realize the, the joy from that until I've lost it. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about student loans and I'm thinking about adulting. I'm thinking of relationships, you know. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the loss of that simplicity, we often don't realize in hindsight. And so those moments that are more intangible, I think, can be very difficult for people to recognize, which also means that it could be difficult for them to grieve. Oftentimes it might just kind of hang there in the air. And three years down the line, you're like, oh, what has my life come to? Because <laughs> it hasn't been processed. So is it always better to be able to identify that loss and that grief that we're feeling and then try to deal with it right then and there? To the extent possible, if it is recognizable to you, that would be great. Sometimes it just isn't. And so we don't want to force it either. And there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes it's maybe just not the right time. And going back to your question or the story you were reading about school, something happening while you're in school, and Minerva is a very high-functioning place. You need to get your stuff together. You need to get yourself organized, and you need to be on top of your responsibilities. And sometimes in that environment, there isn't that time to grieve. And so maybe what would be helpful in that moment is to just to get through if you're not able to get through, then obviously something's happening. There is already a recognition, whether verbalized or not, something needs to be addressed. And so once we do acknowledge that we're feeling a sense of loss and a sense of grief, how can we take care of ourselves throughout that experience? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it really varies by what you might need. Um, everybody grieves a little bit differently. Some folks really find it helpful to be surrounded by people. And I think in general, having a connected place or people, community that you can feel supported by would be really important. You definitely don't want to do this alone because the experience itself is already very isolating. Grief is a experience is already very lonely. And so having even just one or two people or a group of friends that you're able to share this with would be terrific. And I think with in that support, 
the more you can pull in or kind of bring in faculty, mentors, other staff, counseling staff that will be able to support you the better because it means you have just more support. Some people might prefer to grieve alone for a little bit. And I think that privacy is important when they need it. And again, though, finding that balance after some moment to yourself, to the extent that you can reach out to others. That period of private grieving is important, but don't want to extend it to something that turns into isolation. So I think that's one big piece, finding community support in some form or shape. And then the second one is really being very honest with yourself about what you're needing. I think oftentimes we can tell ourselves like we shouldn't feel a certain way or maybe we should feel sadder than we are or sometimes it's just numbness and that's okay or we should be over this and that you know we should be functioning better somehow and and so if you're honest with what you're needing wherever you are on the spectrum then you can better give yourself what you need whether that be at space or distracting yourself a little bit or really focusing on work because that helps you get yourself straight or just having cry sessions whatever it is that you might need. And I think along with that honesty, the third piece would be to really watch where you might be edging on that line of really needing professional support. If you're grieving, there's symptoms of depression, but you wouldn't necessarily be diagnosed with depression. It's not to that level. However, if that goes on for a while and it's not getting any better, maybe you're inching upon that. Your brain is saturated with no, or non-saturated with a certain neurochemical that is turning into something physiological rather than temporary. So really preventing things like that. So I think those are three major ways. And at what point exactly would you say for people to start considering a bit more of professional help if you're really struggling? How do you make that distinction? Professional support when it comes to counseling is available and helpful no matter what stage you are in your grief. The number one kind of key ingredient I would say is just that you're willing, that you're motivated to get something out of this. If you notice yourself, you know, I'm doing okay lately. I can be a little sad here and there, but I just want to have somebody to check in with me to just make sure I'm doing the most that I can to get through this. That's a great place to step in. Or if you're really struggling and you can't get out of bed, or you're having these crying spells randomly. And at that point, I would also say, if you're ready, <laughs> jump in. If you're ready before that, even better. The line is not necessarily about how severe things are, but how willing and how motivated you are and curious to try casting. I think that's great. Oftentimes, there's a misconception in our society that you need to be doing really bad, or at least a certain degree, to be able to get counseling. And so then people don't really know when to go or if they should go because they don't necessarily think that they're doing as bad as you should be doing to go get counseling. But really, it's just like, well, you can get counseling at any point in your life, really, if you approach it with an open mind. And as you were saying, if you're willing to open up and get something from it, 
Exactly. Yeah, we can always grow no matter where we are in life or how we're doing. We're dependent on are you ready to learn something new? Part of the stigma, right? So I think that we have to be bad enough, so to speak, like hit bottom in order to try counseling. So another question I wanted to ask you, especially because of your background and expertise, is what can we learn about loss and grief through the lens of Buddhist psychology? What a beautiful question. To me, it goes back to what we were saying before in terms of how grief can be not just those distinct moments in our lives, but it's kind of everywhere. I mean, life is so much about transitions. There's so much change happening all the time. We're growing up, we're getting older, you know, which are two different things when you think about or that mentality that goes with it. The people around us are coming in and out, passing us by. The only thing that's really stationary about all of this is that everything is changing, including ourselves. I mean, on a very literal level, all our brain cells and you know, cells are renewing and dying and all the time. And so if we are able as just humans to master this concept of change, constant change, and being able to acknowledge the loss and grief that might be happening in a very timely manner, digest that, process that, and moving forward so that we can live in the now. That would be beautiful. That would be us thriving as as human beings because all we have really, what's real, is this current reality. And grief is so much about mourning the loss of something in the past. And so that is something that we want to respect and honor our past. And again, we want to take what was really important to us from that and learn from that and grow from that. But we also don't want to get stuck in the past. And so to the extent possible for us to realize that the present moment is really the moment that we have. So how do we live more fully? Thank you. That gives a deeper thought about how we can live fully within the moment despite the challenges that we're facing. Yeah, it's a very interesting, I don't know if it's a paradox per se, but it's a both and. It's not living the past or the present. How do we acknowledge the past and live in the present? Recognize that that's really part of what made up today and integrate that so that we're one being with like now rather than split brain, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's just a very human challenge for all of us. Mm -hmm. If someone were going through a particularly difficult time right now and their grief or loss or or these feelings that that come along with it, what would you say to them? I'd say it's okay. Sit in it. Don't let yourself really sink in with what's happening and to the extent possible that you're able to befriend whatever feelings might come up because it brings up a lot. Grief can bring up anger, frustration, resentment, regret. And so these are all things that are kind of little signs or it's it's all data. 
that tells us what's going on for us. And so don't try and push it away. Don't try to minimize it, but really just honor it and respect it. Hopefully you figure out a way to make meaning from it. So much part of grief too is to find some meaning in that could just be a lesson or it's not necessarily that things happen for a reason per se. Sometimes things just happen. It's life. But what do you want to do with it? How do you want to move forward with it? Not without it, but with it somehow. And I think that process takes a while. So whatever time that you might need, take it. And it might come back every now and then. And that's okay. Really be patient with yourself as well. In many ways, grief is a gift that can keep giving. (laughs) Even though it might feel painful. So hang in there. Get support. Make sure you're not alone. You'll get through. My conversation with Dr. Yi Jing Hong left me feeling hopeful, so I began to research more resources that could help students process their grief. I found a fantastic article by Scott Perinato for the Harvard Business Review featuring a conversation with leading grief expert Dr. David Kessler. In this article, Dr. Kessler talks more about the collective grief we are going through because of the pandemic. Some techniques that he recommends to help us cope are to let go of what we can't control, and to stock up on compassion. Another great resource is Hope Again, a youth website where students can read other stories about loss and share their own. The formats are written stories, video blogs, poems, and more. You can find these resources on our website, www.intothelightpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share it with the people you love. Reach out to your friends and tell them about the information that you learned. Oftentimes, we don't know what experiences others are going through, and sharing this story or the contents of this episode could help someone else. If you would like to learn more about loss and grief and how it impacts college students, please go to our website www.intothelightpodcast.com where you can find the accompanying book. Each chapter is aligned with the episode number so you can read more about each topic discussed in the series. If you are inspired by the storyteller and would like to share a story of your own, you can also find the submission form on the website, where you will also be able to find and read all the stories. Thank you for tuning in this week, and stay on the lookout for next week's episode. This was Into the Light with Dulce Rivera.